Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Okay, so, last episode, you took ship. You took ship aboard the small cargo vessel, the Matak, to cross the sea from Vanguard to Perdonium, and thence up the river to reach the small island at the centre of the world, where you believe there may be interesting things. And last episode... Ember got horribly seasick, poor thing. Uh, Maynard made friends, and Rill, I would say. Rill and Maynard both made friends with the ship's wizard, which is a half-elf named Etrin. And Trick made friends with the ship's rapscallion. Uh, Well, the carpenter's second, but, you know, every ship's got a rascal. uh, Which was one Chega, who had weighted dice and has taken all of Trick's coppers. And I believe, we mentioned after we stopped recording, I believe Trick wanted to speak to Rill at the top of this episode. Hey. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of leaving it until evening, because I don't mm-hmm. want to be soaking up spell slots if, if that might be, um, if they might be needed for something else. Um, but once it gets towards evening, I might approach Rill and say, Bro, do you think we can try contacting... Um, and I snap my fingers a bit and try and remember the name of Zushat. Zushat, Zushat? yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll try contacting Zushat again? I can try. I don't know how much good it'll do us, but do you have anything in particular you want to ask? I mean, I suppose, um, if we if we knew. If we knew more about her, like what side she was fighting off, she had like enemies. Um any yeah. any sins which would lead to a particularly fitting, ironic way of the releasing her from her imprisonment, that kind of thing. And you think she's just gonna tell us that? Well, I mean, maybe the first couple. <laughs> the latter were more you know, thoughts. Sure, but I mean we don't even know if if she is who and what she says she is. Right, well, but either way, getting to know more about her will both make us better equipped to release her and make us better equipped to do, uh, and make us better equipped to work out if we should release her. Right, but I feel like we're basing this all of what we saw in that little astral bubble. Do you want to start by asking her, are you a gnome? <laughs> I'm just saying she might not be a gnome. That might have just been some kind of projection or, or something. Ask her then. You're the one with the magic 
messaging spell. <sighs> I'll try. All right. Appreciate um, it. All right. Let's let's go down to the cabin and do it. So there's some relative quiet, and we're not in anyone's way. Uh, when we go down, our Maynard and Edmund down there still. Yeah, I think you you go with the intention of we're going to the cabin where it's private, and the small floor space of the cabin is fully occupied by a pair of wizards uh, attempting to teach each other cantrips. Ah. Um, Etrin is a pretty quick study, but does not have the formal background that Maynard has. So, teaching him is you know, Maynard. You learned at a university. You were taught the fundamentals of magic, and then spells on top of it. Etrin learned much more in a here is the precise gesture and the precise word and you practice it enough and you learn to cast the spell and then you do that again for the next spell and kind of put together the theoretical put together the theory that he has, which is not very much by reverse engineering how the spells worked. So he's clearly very bright but not very educated, much more of a practical wizard than an academic one. Right. So I think probably Maynard's getting a little bit, maybe a little bit frustrated. And he's trying really hard to teach. He's like, no, no, you, you, you use that part from erstwhile's component of hand gestures to to make the connecting part of the shocking grasp work like the like like you do the mending but you you maintain the connection instead of bringing the two bits do you want do you understand do you understand you could just show me the hand shape again okay 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 i'm better at mimicking than i am at, at thinking i think okay i mean i just close his eyes and just does the gesture again and very lightly just sort of makes contact with the floor, not not actually like shocking grasping. Sure. Just yeah. Here's how you do it. Yeah, and Etrin Etrin is a very good at mimicking your hand position, which makes you realize that because you have this theoretical grounding, it's possible that your somatic components have got a little sloppy because <laughs> You've got enough of a picture in your head of how this needs to work that you don't need the same precision that he does to make it work. And that's possibly part of why this isn't why this is taking a normal amount of time to teach rather than being an instant, here's how you do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, teaching yeah. takes time. And that's, that's <laughs> part of why this teaching is taking time is you have these very different approaches. But you're you're working on this and Rill and Trick come in and and look probably a little disappointed that you're still at it. Oh, uh, hi, Bill. Um, how are you feeling? Um, doing okay. Trick and I were going to try and uh, look at the amulet again. Oh, um, okay. Uh, Etrin, uh, let's pick this up later. Keep practicing. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. Sorry. I've never taught anybody before. <laughs> I've never learned a spell in half an hour, so I think you're probably fine. It'll be your turn tomorrow. Can't wait. Okay, um, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see everyone tomorrow. It's a small ship. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Good night. <laughs> Good night. 
All right. He takes up Let's... a lot of space for such a small man. There's definitely more room in the cabin when he's gone. All right, let's let's sit down and get the amulet out, mm-hmm. and I'll try and and send to her again. Okay. What do you say? This is a long pause. The cleric tries to add up twenty-five. The cleric is counting repeatedly on his fingers. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Zuchen, what side were you on in the war, and do you have any enemies? Oh, now you don't want to know if she's a gnome. I don't think she's going to answer me. (laughs) I don't think she's going to answer me, honestly. Honestly. You've got ten words left. Not anymore. (laughs) Once you start talking outside the spell, I feel like you've stopped. Yeah, all right. I could have tacked on, and are you a gnome? But (laughs) Possibly what you tacked on was, I don't think she's going to tell me the truth. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Amazing. You are the least economical, least economical cleric. <laughs> and, and there is a little bit of a pause, as you've come to expect when you send the, do these sendings. You know, people take a moment to figure out their wording and yeah, pro- process that they've been addressed and and figure out their wording, wording and actually mm-hmm. that there's a certain degree of act of will in now I am responding. So sometimes there's a little bit of of a pause, but you you get you get an answer um, within the normal parameters of the spell. Allied with the drow and their gods, we were trying to change the world, to heal the world. Many might object if they had profited. All right, I will relay all of that to the rest of the party. Well, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I mean, as far as I, I think, I think this is probably um, just. What trick? Uh, what trick thinks the war between the drow and the mm-hmm. dwarves is about? I mean, as far I mean, what well, I thought the war between the drow and the dwarves was just you know, sort of taking sides with the gods because of the the brother and all that. So change well, the world. And I, she might just be telling that because she knows I'm a drow. True. Hmm. Is there any way I could? Make an insight check on her through yeah. sending. Yeah, I mean, she spoke to you. I would say that's something that you could. Okay, I'll I'll give it a whirl then. Let's see here. Insight. Oh come on! I have plus seven, and I rolled a nine. Oh, honey. Ah. Uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 twenty-five words over telepathy is just—it's a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. Anything else we want to ask her? Amber, Maynard, any uh, ideas here? I mean, it seems like there's something you want to ask her and that you keep bringing it up. And I, I, I'm pretty curious myself. I'm just not as as automatically sceptical, I guess. It didn't seem mm-hmm. like she was turning up having prepared an elaborate ruse for us. No, but we saw how powerful she was. Certainly, there is what, room there for. You think she just reflectively? What about where she came from, her hometown, or where she fought in the war? We know okay. where she fought in the war. Do or we? Where she didn't you... fight in the war, I suppose. Where she was going to fight in the war. Which, come to think of it, um, 
Because if she was fighting with the drow and the dwarves, then how did your uh, your captain get a hold of the amulet that had her in it? No, 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 no. She was she was taken. She was taken right before. Um, she was taken right before the Battle of the Flats. Mm-hmm. Or the Battle of the Forest, by the way. Um, like she was up fighting. She was up fighting in the um, battle. Uh, was the war, Ben? Was the mm-hmm. was the was the battle that was going to happen between the forest and the flats? Like, was it was it in, was it incidental to the war between the gods, or was it directly it, an extension? It, 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 of it? Was, it was a part of that war. What was uh, the and 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 the battle did happen. Um, okay, it, it was helmed by a dragon instead of Queen Kestrel on the forest side, but the battle did still take place. Okay, what what? And, and yes, I mean the, the the flat was from your perspective on the wrong side. Okay, uh, you were of course on the same side as the drow, considered in very broad strokes. Mm. And okay. yes, it, it was very much part of of the war capital letters although certainly territorial expansion wouldn't have have been objectionable to either party had they won but mm. it only happened because of the war was happening does the queen have like a name like the, the current queen yeah yes she's athroka athroka oh yeah I, I forget. There's a lot of stuff. I'm not very. I'm not great for any story has too many names. And they're not even written down. It's rubbish. Yeah. Um. I mean, do you think Athroka could have done this to her? No, Ham. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make it does make sense. Sure, if she Athroka was powerful was... enough, that would be a major threat she'd want to take out. I guess maybe ask, like, maybe where she stood with Queen Kestrel if she'd ever met a dragon called Athroka. Something like okay. that. Um, you can ask. You can ask if she was known. Well, like Maynard, or Maynard, like Maynard said, you could ask like where she's from, that kind of thing. Like ask where she's from, and or or maybe and or maybe instead ask about like Arthuroka and Kestrel, because maybe okay. she was just sort of taken out of the way to clear the way to Kestrel, possibly. Maybe. I mean, look, what are we really trying to find out about this woman? If she's going Are to try ask and kill her us all these... to get her out of this. Hmm. I mean, that seems to be the most pressing thing, right? Well, if, if we're, we're going to be in danger. These, if we're asking her all these disconnected questions, probing questions about her personal life, if she's really out to get us, she wants some sort of vendetta against us or thinks that we put her in there, then she might just be lying. She might just lie to us. Is there something more direct? Well, what do we want? Her help? help? Free her? I mean, unless she's a terrible danger to the, to the, to the whole plane or whatnot, then sure. I feel like we ought to free her if we can. We did say we were going to. Yeah, I don't of really course. feel. 
I think if we want to find out whether she was a threat and who might have been pursued, the, the question about Athroka and Kestrel is probably the best way to get to that. It was the current affair at the time. That's true. But I mean, you you could ask if she, you could just ask if she's really a gnome because, you know. I mean, I'm not sure that she might take lightly to understanding that her entire race has either been eradicated or gone underground. Well, I mean, I mean, all right. Gnomes have it's never... only been a hundred years, <laughs> right? No, gnomes I have mean... never been around. If well, gnomes, so clearly, at some point, gnomes... they have. If the gnomes were killed or driven underground sometime in the last hundred years, there is there are entire civilizations consisting primarily of people old enough to remember the gnomes. I think I'd remembered gnomes from my childhood if there had been any around. Well, if All there right. had been any underground, at least. Well, sorry for being a one-generational race. It's all right. Humans can be a little short-sighted, but I don't hold that against you. Mm -hmm. Real says as he grins at Maynard. Maynard will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who should we like? What would what should we ask about the queens? Because it's not like I think it's. I don't know how that. Would oh, help how about us. how about how about what was your role? Because you know. If she's this powerful a caster, presumably oh, yes. she has some position. What was right? your role? What was your role? Um, what was your role? Do you know? Do you know Athroka? Are you a gnome? <laughs> we have to get that and out then there. You have, and then you have Shut thirteen up. words left for pleasantries. <laughs> How's the weather inside of your amulet? Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This has been very lovely. Good evening. <laughs> it's raining here. It's deeply unpleasant. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, if if you can if you can say more, I know that you're limited in how much you can say, but if you can say more, then maybe just reassure her that trying to get her out. we're asking because we're trying to work out how to help. That's some, yeah. some, something a short way right. of saying that. Okay, Rose going to cast sending again. Mm -hmm. Where? Are you from? What role did you play in the war? What was your relationship with Queen Asperga? That will probably be a surprising way to put it. Um, <laughs> probably, but as far as it's the first present. thing that. But you know what? Mind, it conveys so... a wealth of information. Yes, it does. <laughs> Listen, if she was. You got six words left, and all. You can ask if she's a gnome. No, wait, did you already ask if she's a gnome? No, I didn't ask if she's a gnome. Okay. Are you a gnome? <laughs> Listen, he wants to know. This is wild. This is like seeing like an actual fairy or something. Like this is, this is wild. Okay. He has to ask. <laughs> the response comes slightly quicker this time with distinct tones of amusement. <laughs> I'm a gnome. Oh. <gasps> My people hid ourselves long ago. I was trying to resolve the war. It wasn't going well. 
I was helping Queen Kestrel. I mean, we have motive. And you said, Maynard, dragons can disguise themselves as... 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 as humanoids. Yeah. It's a humanoid. Lots of things. Right, so they wouldn't... So it's not like... It's not like to sneak in and cast a spell on... On on her would require people not to notice the the dragon sneaking through. I reckon she'd have um, people for that too. True. Um, so names are real then. Apparently, huh? Well, not that we have. Well, we have proof, I suppose. But it's a long way from getting the university records updated. We mm. barely have proof. Mm. Ben, mm-hmm. just refresh my memory. Who's Queen Kestrel? Queen Kestrel was the queen of the forest, right before Athraka. Before Athraka, and she was queen of the forest up through the timeline of the war. Is not closely defined to give ourselves freedom to add things to it. Um, was she a half? She, she was queen of the forest up until a. Up until basically the night before the climactic battle between the forest and the halflings of the flat, when a big white dragon swooped out of the sky and ate her and became queen. Okay, thanks. Which is how Athraka got the throne, is she swooped down out of the sky and ate Queen Kestrel, and um, rulership was transferred in that semi-mystical way where everyone in the forest knows who the monarch is um, and then the battle against the flat was helmed by a dragon instead and never since there's been a dragon so there wasn't any changing of sides they were both aiming for the same goal right? Esroka and, and Kestrel yeah, I mean, so Athroka I would say scholars do not concur on whether Athraka really knew what was going on with the war at the point where she swooped down out of the sky and ate the shiniest person. Mm-hmm. But having done so, rulership of the forest conveys a certain degree of you are now on the forest's side whether you were or not kind of thing. Like it, it's In the same way as it is difficult to imagine an uprising in the forest, it is difficult to imagine a monarch whose interests diverge from the forest. Right. Because of that mystical thing going on with the crown. Right, even if she had her own neutral interests in mind yeah. before, if, if now she can't. Dragon stuff, at the point where she became queen of the forest, that conveyed a very, a very direct and literal responsibility for the forest. You know, I never thought of if if the dragon was trapped in the monarchy too. You can't be entertaining also- such thoughts. She's our class enemy, and we were counter-revolutionary thinking. And also, um, uh, just for clarification, I'm sorry if it's not being made clear in any of the documents. What side of the war was the forest on? Uh, the forest was on the side of all the gods that you all follow, and the same one as the drow, and I can't remember what I called the pantheons. Uh, I always okay. get them mixed circle up grace. every single cool. time I look them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the forest Thank was, you was, very was much. Circle of grace. Possibly because the halflings were on the side of the Council of Light. It's that thing where, you know, once territorial 
squabbles kick in, there's a certain degree of, well, we're on the opposite side to those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we must be on the same side as these other guys. Thank um, you. That's a, that's a question for historians, but, but the forest is, is um, certainly ended up being on the side of these Eclipse. Okay. So, I mean, as, as far as I know my history, so that means that this gnome was imprisoned at about at the same sort of time, and presumably before, at, at the same sort of time as, and presumably before, Queen Kestrel was um, deposed. <laughs> there is only I mean, one true path to kingship. If... That now, sounds right. This isn't, this isn't meant to be a, a slight to, to her, to um, a Throka or anything, but could it possibly be that Kestrel may have imprisoned um, this gnome, that sounds weird saying that, to protect her? You think she knew about the attack? Possibly, maybe she was protecting an asset or a secret, a piece of knowledge. Huh. Um, there's a thing. Is Kestrel said to have been any sort of spellcaster? Roll history for me. I'd love to roll history. No, mm. wait, hang on. That's the one I didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to roll history. Let's do it anyway. That is a 19, though. Hey, that's good. Oh, and a natural 20, 27. Okay, so you, you 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 are both pretty sure that Kestrel's um Kestrel's skills lay along the same vein as Ember. Mm. Certainly not a wizard. Um had some arcane abilities, but were those were probably divine in origin and also wore shiny armor and carried a big sword. Still. Mm. Okay. I mean I don't I'm not a wizard, I can I can turn a horse into a statuette. On account of how I've got a magic horse school. Don't you think that imprisoning and, you know, a person... being a queen... No, go on. Oh, don't you think that imprisoning one person to keep a secret... I mean, it would have to be a really big secret. That's not small magic. I mean, this is all... This is, it's all speculation, anyway. I mean, I don't even know. I, I just thought if I was helping the leader of an army and... Someone was going to imprison me. I mean, I'm not sure if Athrorka had a a plan in place if she wanted to usurp the crown of bone on purpose rather than getting trapped into it. But I can't think that Athrorka would do this. So I can. That's the only way I can think of this happened. Maybe we should, maybe we should ask our. Um... It's possible that it. I mean, the flat does contain, does include, you know, a city that's. It does include, you know, a city that's got, that's ruled by a college of wizards. So we may mm. be overthinking the complexity of the <laughs> intrigue here. No, maybe you're, so. But... You're right. You're right. You're right. Mm, still, maybe it's something we could ask Rosmir about. I I was just about to say. Rothmere might have more information. Whether she'd be able to tell us. Whether she'd want to tell us. Yeah. Whether we she want could. To. I mean, she seems to be under some sort of oath to not reveal information of something like that. 
Well, this would be unrelated. We might, we might have an in here. <laughs> All right, well, still, we can't, we're not really any closer to finding a, a way to free her if we wanted to or not. Um, not without a passphrase or a set of instructions. You said you, you'd, you'd learn legend law, you called it at some point, right? I, I know about it. I, I don't know it, but it's, a, it's beyond me for now. I'd be interested in taking it when, if I've had the opportunity, but suffice to say, there's nothing we can do until we can get to shore, right. at the very well, least. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it in mind. At least she knows that someone's out there looking out for her. I mean, if it wasn't Hope keeping her alive in stasis for this long, at least this is something else. Well, it seems like she's been asleep otherwise. Still, it's... We should maybe... We'll try and check in on her from time to time. Since we've got a long and hopefully... Well, moderately long and hopefully uneventful journey ahead of us. And also, I think Rill's used both his sendings for the day. Yeah. yeah. I think I have one more. Oh. Well, uh, let me check. The same, the same level we all are. No, no, that was a really <laughs> stupid question. Sorry, I, so I was just thinking about Maynard. I was just yeah. thinking about Maynard being multi-class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, I used two, so I do have one one third level spell left. But if something a giant kraken attacks us in the middle of the night, I'd rather have like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, let's not. Let's not burn up everything. Yeah. I'd rather keep. We've, we, we've learned that lesson, me. haven't we? <laughs> I also got water walk, so that could be fun. Not now, just in general, I guess. Oh, if I meet a water spider, I can walk out to it. <laughs> Which has never told real about the water spiders. <laughs> Why would you want to? Well, I just want to, you know, pet look them, at it, pet them. it. Feed them a fly. <laughs> okay. God, imagine if horses were carnivorous. <laughs> no. <laughs> so in the twelve wells of Hercules. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, that famous Telvarum hero, Hercules. <laughs> no, listen though, because think about it, fodder is very bulky and heavy. Whereas mm -hmm. like if they were carnivorous, you'd need to feed them on meat, but that's a lot more of a condensed source of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be handy as well. Oh I God! Mean... Can we please? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm this is endlessly. <laughs> this is so extremely late night conversations when all of you would rather be asleep, but you're sharing a room, and it's just awkward to tell everyone to shut up so you can sleep. <laughs> this is that conversation. Like, I just imagine that's what that's that's just trick. That's just trick. Just like sitting there thinking about spiders, not quite able to sleep on account of they're twice as wide as the bed they're trying to sleep in. Oh, there you go. We've got another classical reference: the bed of um, Procrustius. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. trick trick might be uncomfortable enough that it's worth just rolling out onto the deck with the blanket and pillow, being yeah. like, "The floor is wider than the bed, so I'm sleeping here now." <laughs> and you just hear like, you just hear like, "Imagine if horses were carnivorous." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> okay, you will get another long rest. Um, you are not attacked by any giant krakens in the night, to no doubt someone's disappointment. Uh, the thing is, the disappointment in the in the uh, the, the giant uh, sea crabs. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like um, Rill saved by Miles and Trick did okay, so I think it's just Ember needs to make me another constitution save for seasickness. Alright. Ooh! That is pretty good. I did not have my character sheet on the open tab. Um, okay, that's going to be a 23. Oh, that is pretty good. I'm going to say you have disjointed, like, feverish, miserable dreams of the kind you have when you're just, you're just ill, you're just sick, and you're having stupid dreams, and the boat keeps rocking, wait, wait, and the boat stop rocking. And, you know, you, you, you think things like you dream just an ordinary day at the forge, but it is rocking underfoot like a boat, and this is so awful. This is terrible. Whose idea was this? Honestly. And just before you wake up, um, you are like riding on the back of a giant dragonfly, like circling over this blue, blue ocean with a tiny ship in it. And then you're, you can feel the swoop in your stomach as the dragonfly just dives down towards the ship. Um, but before you make any kind of impact, you just open your eyes and you're in your bunk. And you feel... Okay, you you still object to the ship doing this on a philosophical level. This is still <laughs> terrible, but you also kind of feel like you would like some breakfast. Okay, and you you are no longer seasick. Huzzah! Trick, on the other hand, is still at that sort of slight queasiness level that they were yesterday, where it's not they're not actually seasick, but they're definitely aware that seasickness is possible. They're adjusting. It takes a little time to adjust. I'm just picking on Trick because I didn't get them to re-roll. I should get them to re-roll, but I don't want them to get worse. So I'm just going to say. Fine. I'll Sorry. have a, a tiny, preciously rationed nip from my acrobat. Yeah. <laughs> Eat one of your little ginger balls out of the, the honey pot. Yeah. Breakfast is, on shipboard, the most disappointing meal, uh, you will rapidly discover. It is basically bread. There is technically cheese with it but there is not very much cheese with it it's like cheese as a condiment for your meal which is bread yeah there are worse meals i suppose like no meal at all it's, it's all true and you set off yesterday in the early early hours of the morning so as the sun is coming up as you're you know wandering up on deck nibbling on the crust of your terribly exciting breakfast roll you can see the town of strat harbor fairly close by, which uh, is a, another port town along this coast. But where Vanguard is built into a, a natural bowl reaching down toward a fairly deep harbour, Strat Harbour is pretty flat. Um, and especially to Maynard's eye, you can see this is, it looks like a very slow and winding river and the sea around you as the river flows into it looks silty the ship you are on the matak is is a smallish cargo vessel but it doesn't look like any of of the ships that have pulled in at strat harbor are significantly larger however that's kind of all you get to see because rather than rather than make port at strat harbor ibarra captain ibarra turns the ship eastward on onto the shipping lane between this continent and Arania. 
and rapidly Strat Harbor just disappears over the horizon behind you. And for the first time, you are out on truly open ocean. You cannot see land in any direction. It is a grey day, but not horrendously overcast. Uh, the ship's wizard is being called on occasionally to take headings. Uh, and, and from your discussions, uh, Maynard, from your discussions with, with him yesterday, you'd know that, that the, the heading cantrip also includes some, some knowledge of the, the nearby weather would presumably be useful for planning purposes. Um, but for the most part, you're making, you're making good progress. Uh, there is a certain air of expectation amongst the crew, I would say. There, there is a sense that everyone's waiting for something to happen. Mm. You do not have to do anything about that. I can proceed. It's just I'm giving you the pause in case you wish to. Yeah, I'd... Um, I'd... Probably talk to <clears throat> talk to Etrin as we continue our lessons. Mm -hmm. The crew's acting a bit strange lately. Like they think something's about to happen, or they're waiting oh, for something is. today or tomorrow. And what is that? Taxes. 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 You you do know you know taxes right? They have taxes up north. Uh, yes, uh, tax collectors come to houses and take what oh. is owed to the the city or the estate. Uh, how is how how did how do taxes work at sea? Well, I mean, I guess it's not. It's it's taxes because we're a triple braid ship. Like if we were a Western League ship, then I guess it would just be stealing. But there's 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 they they've got commissions that that. Who? Word. I'm trying to remember the word in common. Good language. Uh, privateers? Yeah, because they're not pirates, because they're official. So they're from, privateers. From what? They, they get a commission from, from the rulers of the cities in the Shuffle Braid to like, take a tithe of shipping. Right, so they're going to come on board and... Take a portion of your exactly. They 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 take a tithe, and it's basically taxes because we get a receipt. We get a receipt, and Captain Ibarra, because we're triple braid. When we go home, they keep all the receipts, and then we get we get a, a, a get a rebate on customs when we make port in the triple braid because we've paid out to the privateers. And also okay, so it's, it's not it's not like an, an it's not like so it's not that they're not stealing they're not uh, taking you're just giving well, them a portion well, of your okay if if we tried to run or we tried to fight them then it would they would fight back and it would be stealing people like but there's no point because we're triple braid and they're triple braid and it it gets like discounted off customs later but if we were Western League. Then maybe we would try to run. Maybe we would try to fight. Maybe they would take more because we and... tried to run or fight. But their job isn't to like sink us or anything. It's just to seize belong to the triple braid. It's just triple braid things anyway. Do you think? Do they ever have any problem with passengers like us? Uh, are you wanted criminals anywhere in the triple braid? No. That they'd have told I... all of the captains of the ships. 
if you find these people, throw them overboard. No, I'm pretty sure fine. not. Yeah, probably. Okay. okay, so we've got nothing to worry about. No, 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 attacking the ship. Uh, we're going to look around in a sort of, is anyone eavesdropping kind of way? And lean in. Captain Ibarra is maybe hoping it's one specific ship. They really like the captain. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> at, a, at about, about 11am probably, there are, there are sails visible on the horizon and the captain's second is keeping an eye out with, with a spyglass and then goes to alert them that, that the appropriate ship has been spotted. And the ship goes, goes into a bit of a flurry of activity as the appropriate signal flags are hauled out and run up the mast to indicate that the ship is prepared to be boarded and, you know, play their parts in this little tradition, question mark, in, in this procedure. Certainly that they, that they are just, they, they are standing by to be boarded. And additionally, there is brought up onto deck a proportion of the regular cargo of the ship, which turns out to be small barrels of wine. Um, they are carryable by one strong person. Like they're, they're kind of half-sized ke little kegs of wine. And some of those are stacked up on the deck. And then in a separate pile, there is also uh, a large basket uh, padded with straw and several crates of what look like fennel and carrots. This other ship is much sleeker and faster looking. Most of you have no real way to judge, but just, you know, sleek things move faster than big round ones. It just has that look to it. And it catches up with you quite easily on the same wind and matches speed and ropes are thrown across to bring the ships closer together. And then a plank is thrown across and this looks even more precarious than the gangplank down to the dock did, because this is between two boats that are both moving, but nonetheless, a small group of privateers, they, they are wearing similar clothing to the sailors on this vessel. It's clearly, you know, there's that wrapped skirt and that jacket, but there's our uniform. They all have matching embroidery on the left shoulder. Four of them hop over on the gangplank and Captain Ibarra straightens up to greet them, shakes hands very formally with the captain, and then actually leaves the actual paying of the tithe bit to their second and disappears into their cabin with the privateer captain. Both of them looking very... This is, a, this is the normal procedure. We are just doing the formal negotiations. There will be a receipt about it. <laughs> But nonetheless, disappear into the cabin and shut the door. And you, 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 you will observe that there is you know, the the wine is being taken across. There, it actually looks like the food, like there's a the, the basket, the padded basket, and the crates of uh, vegetables. They look to you like this is a separate negotiation that's being handled. This is, it's interesting. There are side deals happening. So Trick's new friend Chega the carpenter's second, is 
kind of sneaking around to one of the maybe lower ranked looking privateers and making a private deal for a couple of bottles of some kind of alcohol that they have hidden down their skirt. And while that's happening, a less secretive but still side deal is being conducted to supply the privateers with these crates of vegetables and this basket of eggs in exchange for coin. And then also they're giving them some kegs of wine, which appear to be the official part of this negotiation. The whole affair takes maybe half an hour, maybe 40 minutes. It's all pretty efficient. Um, at the end of which, Captain Ibarra and the privateer captain re-emerge from the cabin, and both of them look absolutely formal and put together. Maynard, I feel like you would cotton onto this. That is specifically the perfect put-togetherness of someone who has cast prestidigitation to make certain that they look absolutely unruffled. <laughs> they, look less ruffled. They, they look less ruffled than when they went in. <laughs> and then they shake hands very formally and a receipt is handed over and, and the privateers return to their ship with their vegetables and eggs and a couple of bottles of some kind of alcohol that have been hidden away down someone else's jacket and, 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 and the afternoon it has a slight deflatedness to it because the day's entertainment already happened oh well <laughs> now we just sail I guess fun while it lasted I guess if that's what counts as entertainment, it was, I guess, not unexciting. And possibly narrated for anybody who, ex except net. for possibly anybody who wasn't Ibarra. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I realised I narrated <laughs> that a bit breakneck, but nobody felt like they were jumping in to do anything. It was very much, you felt to me like you were observing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah we're, we're outsiders. We're not, you know, boat people, crew. Just checking I haven't stepped on anyone's plans. You're going to have another couple of nights aboard ship to get to where you are going. So if you wish to do any more things, I would say um, Maynard, um, you, I think, are going to have, you, you, you'll have time to do your exchange of cantrips, but no more than that, I would say. That's fair. So over the course of the next couple of days, um, you can teach Etrin Shock and Grasp, which he's delighted to have. Uh, and you can learn your choice of uh, either Heading or, um, sorry, the country is actually called Take Heading. Or alternatively, you can learn something called Brace. So one of them would be you would gain knowledge of which direction north is in which direction you are moving and how fast, and the broad weather conditions for 20 miles, which is quite nice. Or there is the other cantrip, Brace, which allows you to imbue a physical object with resistance to damage. Etrian explains that this is basically when the ship is in a bad storm, you can use that to reinforce the mast or the lines if they seem to be weakening, to let the carpenters do their work or to let a new line be strung before the old one breaks, that kind of thing. Oh, that's a really hard choice. They're both really good. So I'll tell you now the major downside of Brace is that it only lasts a minute and you have to maintain contact with the object. Okay. 
I think I'm going to do uh, the uh, take heading. Uh, if we're going to be doing more exploring later on, that seems really useful. Sounds good. Um, it is obviously a homebrew spell, so you'll just have to add it as a special. Sure. Etrin is a predictably difficult teacher for you because he continues to not know any of the theory that you're used to having set out before you learn a spell and instead is diving straight in with you. These are the somatic components. You're thinking, uh, uh, okay, we're starting at the end. Cool, cool. Could I have some ingredients before we talk about plating? No? Okay, right. Starting at the end. Somatic components. Let's go. Uh, but but uh, with some patience, you will manage to learn that spell. Uh, you will also have time over the next couple of days if anyone wants to do any more sending type items. <laughs> you do have a couple of days worth of sending spells that you can burn through. I mean, real one, one would assume having gotten into contact with his estranged mother might want to have another crack at it. I, I, I do feel that, that either Ril's mother or Ril's father might be plausible candidates for sending spells. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Just yeah. putting the option out there. <laughs> yeah, um, considering he is, he is very constrained with 25 words, um, Ril is going to try and pare down... He's not even going to tell his dad about anything with the puppetry that's not Hi, Dad. That's, I'm that's... a ghost, but I'm also still alive. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. He doesn't need to know that. It'll it'll be solved by the time we see him again, probably. And then it will just be a story of some crazy things we did and not actively horrifying. Um. Yeah, I th I think Rill is going to um contact his dad and just see see how he's doing like let him know that yeah he, he's still alive everything's fine nothing's changed um with regards to mom okay i would like you to narrate that one because that is a big old lie what else has happened last, we, time we... You, last time you sent um you had not yet spoken to her oh shit i thought the no the last the last thing you told your dad was that she might be alive. It was after you'd spoken to the dead cousin. Oh, okay. For some reason, I yeah, had assumed no, we'd already done that. Mm -mm. No, guess. so the, la oh, the last God. thing your dad knows is that she oh. is that you found a dead body that wasn't Mila, and you think that Mila might be alive because she went through a portal. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to do that next episode. I'm going to need time to... <laughs> you need to prepare for that. Okay. I need to prepare for that one. Yeah, Rill is, is scratching out, like ideas how do you start that conversation when you're half a world away he's counting to 25 on his fingers a lot and it's still a very small number yeah yeah um he will also at some point for a break in this this drudgery um of, of high emotion uh he will go and find ember and he has pulled out the two uh lucky dip potions <laughs> and he just sort of he just sort of waggles one at them. Oh hell yes. I'm feeling so much better. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Give me just a moment to look up my <laughs> effects of lucky dip potions. <laughs> Ember will uncork their potion and cheers clink it with rills before downing it. It's fine. The wizard's here. Well, he'll take care of you. 
I don't have any healing spells. And you're both healers, and nobody else has it. It'll be Just fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going to be a-okay. It'll be fine, or it won't. We just have to see. Oh, look, I got Spare the Dying if things get really wild. <laughs> <laughs> so you are both taking Lucky Dip failed student potions that you bought in a magic shop for not very much money. Mm-hmm. They are not labelled. I would like each of you to roll a d6, please. We'll start. Let's start with Ember, because you're first in the alphabet. <laughs> Uh, that's a five. Uh huh. And Rill? Uh, let's see here. That's a two. Hey, you roll different things. That's what we like. <laughs> okay. So you buy, you clink your potions together, and Rill's potion is a red color, like a, a gently swirling, not quite perfectly mixed reddish potion it's, it resembles a healing potion but clearly is not quite right ember yours is blue it, it's a gorgeous sky blue shade with like gold glitter in it looks gorgeous. looks fantastic you would fully believe that yours was a, a perfectly good potion except it was sold to you as not so presumably there's something wrong with it you down your potions and at first, Rill, you think you've just, you, you, you're disappointed. You're like, no, this was just a healing potion. What a waste. It Aww. has that same flavor. It like, has that slight warm feeling in your chest. And then mm -hmm. your scalp starts itching. And your fingers start itching. And you like scratch. And then you, that kind of feels sharp. And you look down. And you, you can see your fingernails growing. Whoa. <laughs> Your fingernails <laughs> are visibly growing. <laughs> They're not changing shape. It's not like you're turning into something. They look like your fingernails. They're just like visibly growing. And your oh. hair, anyone who can see, I assume you're wearing your veil, but even so, under your veil, your hair is also visibly growing. <laughs> <laughs> and it will continue wow. to do so for 10 minutes. <laughs> And you will have oh, wow. several inches of fingernail by the end of it. Maynard is sitting on the, is like laying on the top bunk watching this and just sort of cackling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes when you drink, um, when, when you drink a potion that was sold to you as this didn't work, sometimes, right, it didn't work. <laughs> thing, one thing. Because Ember got a really fun one. Oh, can't wait. Ooh, Just yeah, what's happening to Ember? Super, super fun. Okay, there we go. In addition, so you rolled your d6, which established what kind of potion you have drunk. You, you, you take this little vial of this beautiful blue liquid with the beautiful gold glitter in it, and you, you down it, and it tastes sparkly. Mm. Like it fizzes on your tongue. And it kind of tickles going down. And then I need you to roll a d100, please. Ooh. Oh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, that is a 62. 62. 
How many of these okay. potions does Real have? Just the two. Oh, yeah, you only, yeah, you only bought two lucky dip ones. But you do remember where the shop is if you want to go back and get more. <laughs> Ember burps. <laughs> and then there is a faint popping sound. And where Ember was standing, there is now a small furry grey creature with... It, it looks kind of like a squirrel, but with <laughs> these broad flaps of skin between its legs. <gasps> Ember has been transformed into a sugar glider. Ah! Maynard squeals in delight and horror at the same time. I, I feel like <laughs> I've probably been keeping an eye on this. Unless you have specifically been <laughs> yeah, avoiding me. <laughs> <laughs> and I am distressed, to say the least. Yeah, so Ember has drunk a, a po a, basically a, a failed polymorph potion and has been randomly polymorphed into something um, for up to an hour. Absolutely, like, scrambling to my feet from where I've been, like, just accusingly at real, like, what did you, what did you do? Put them back immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I will jump onto Trick's shoulder and put one tiny little sugar glider finger over Trick's mouth to, like, hush them. <laughs> Just one tiny, tiny little finger. I am. I am still... I am still <laughs> distraught and incensed. It'll wear off. Pro probably. Oh, it'll wear off, probably. Well, that's alright, then. It'll wear off. Ember, you... want to braid my hair? Would it make you feel better if I let you braid my glowing hair? And what if someone steps on them, or they get blown overboard before that? Come on, you're going inside, I say, like, reaching up to grab... Reaching up to grab Ember and bring them into shelter where they can't be blown overboard. I thought we were doing this in the cabin. Oh, we're doing it in the cabin, that's right, then. Yeah, that was probably fine. <laughs> Sorry for react. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but they can't fly in the cabin. They can fly way hey, better. I don't know. Trick makes a pretty good launch platform. Oh, oh, that's true. I just had the most amazing idea. Hold on, hold on. Well, I... They're going to have to be happy with flying in the cabin. I'm not going to have them fall overboard while they're a sugar glider. Oh, whatever this is. Well, they're a tiny I... flying rat squirrel thing. I conjure a tiny hat. Yes! Amber. <laughs> yes. I the correct use of that spell. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hat is it? It is a, it is a little boater hat. <laughs> oh, delightful! Correctly, <laughs> and then I give and I and I give and I and I give them like a, a like a little a little twig or something or a straw or something to use as like a cane, like. <laughs> <laughs> so we now have a sugar glider with a glowing hat. Sugar glider. <laughs> Sorry, say again, Mel. <laughs> we now we now have a sugar glider with a glowing hat. Yes, you I do. am. I'm absolutely blocking blocking the door. Like I'm not having them get some silly idea into their head and get blown <laughs> overboard. Just sitting there, you're like sitting in front of the door. Like, nope. Yeah, you want to no. move me? 
tiny rat creature want to move me? <laughs> the two of you are pr- two of you are primary spellcasters, and one of you is a sugar glider. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Maynard, or has is this is this a ragtime sugar glider? It is now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thought you were specifically referencing the video with the frog yeah, and the boater no, and the cane. No. And... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm giving you a boater okay. hat and a cane. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine, like, I, I, I see it's the um, some of the uh, the the local uh from from uh, Vanguard. You know, the, the the straw hat and the nice cane. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Look like what, you're what, you're what from the summer. Yeah, you, you saw some of the rich merchants wearing it when you were walking down from the from the teleportation circle. Certainly, exactly. Ember does have the intelligence of a sugar glider, so I feel like at some mm. point Ember is going to try and eat the hat. <laughs> oh and no! They have the intelligence. They didn't keep their oh, yeah, intelligence. No, no, no. They have yes. the stats of a sugar glider. Oh no! <laughs> It's not like they've forgotten everything. They know friend from foe and all of that, but they do have the intelligence and wisdom and all of that of a sugar glider for the next hour. Okay, maybe we shouldn't let them out on the on the, on the top part of the. I was ship honestly then. impressed. In that case, I'm honestly impressed with the with the shushing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rill's fingernails have reached an inch as they're trying to pet the sugar glider. It's like mm, this is dangerous. <laughs> Rill's potion yeah. does wear off sooner, so Rill Rill's only lasts about ten minutes before his his thing, hair and fingernails stop growing. Also, your toe, your little toe claws, uh-huh. also were growing, so you oh. you may have to take your boots off to avoid puncturing them. Oh yeah, he he quickly realizes this after watching his fingernails grow in fascination. He like takes off his shoes and socks. And anyone who has not previously um, noticed this will observe that uh, this is an elf trait that also applies to drow. Um, Compared to a human, Rill's toes take up much more of a proportion of his foot. Like they're, they're longer in proportion, and instead of flat toenails, he has little toe claws. I was about Highly to say to climbing trees. Mm. Hey, now we can Finger both climb trees. That is fantastic. That's how you can tell an elf's footprint from a uh, distinguish of elf's footprint from a human's. Hmm. Too much toes. Yes, that was. Toes. But, but yes, that was not the DM forgetting the word toenails. Real actually does have little toe claws. I am lamenting the fact that I didn't switch out. I switched out my enlarge reduce spell so I could have made Ember a very large sugar glider. Giant sugar glider. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. Tiny sugar glider. Sugar glider is already sugar glider. tiny. Yeah, but okay, the thing fine, is, a that... fine sugar glider or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Caster sugar glider. <laughs> and if you enlarge it, it's a few. <laughs> I think that the the silly night is probably relaxed. Everybody enough made out it's probably started braiding Rill's very long hair now. <laughs> Now it is slumber party time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a shame we're not allowed any more wine. And <laughs> like Trick is physically blocking you from going out and getting into any more trouble on the boat. So it's it's slumber party or nothing. <laughs> You're not having any of my aquavit. That's precious. It's medicinal. I've not got much left. 
Herman could Damn, I sold my really my really old alcohol. <laughs> but, you, but you could feed Ember a tiny, tiny bit of ginger honey to lick I mean, with their tiny, tiny tongue. I will. I will actually. I will. I will in fact do that because I do want that to to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you will say you have a lovely time, and you have a nice, restful night's sleep, and. After your very boring breakfast in the morning, as the sun is coming up, your ship begins pulling into the harbour at Pedonium, and you have reached the continent of Arania, and the next step on your journey to the centre of the world. Yay! Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends, and if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. I invite you to consider whether any gnome wandering around in the world openly has been asked that before recently, <laughs> often, recently, <laughs> by everyone. <laughs>